On the Healthy Human Revolution podcast, Dr. Lori Marbus interviews nutrition and lifestyle medicine experts and extraordinary guests whose informative and inspiring stories will empower you with the knowledge to transform your life and health. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Dr. Lori Marbus, and I am so excited, guys, to introduce the newest member of the plant-based telehealth team, Dr. Jeff Pierce. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you, Lori, very much for having me. Oh, thank you for joining us. And honestly, Jeff, it's such an honor to have you part of our team. It's, I, I'm really excited to have patients work with you because I think it, you're just going to be such a blessing in their life. So I'm, thank you <laughs> and for you know joining us. And it's just, it's all so exciting to see everybody grow. <laughs> um, anyway, again, I get a little bit excited. Um, so let's learn about you and share what you're going to be able to work with patients and what you enjoy doing and so with that, let's get to know you from, you know, where are you from and kind of your background and we'll go into how you joined medicine and your plant-based journey. Sounds great. Uh, sure. So I'm uh, born and raised in Corpus Christi, Texas, uh, down in South Texas, uh, off the Gulf of Mexico. Um, and uh, uh, born to sort of a, bi uh, a bicultural family, if you will. My dad's side is Caucasian, my mom's side Hispanic, Latino, and um, so through that, I had the uh, you know best of both worlds experience and cultures uh, on both sides. Uh, with that came uh, some of the um, uh, bicultural experience of, of food, I suppose. There was the Texas barbecue and uh, uh, Texas uh, steak and potato sort of thing, and then there's uh, also the um, on the on my mom's side, you know the the taquitos and the enchiladas and and all of that stuff that uh, is so key to um, to this to that culture and um, so you know I experienced uh, uh, a little bit of both well we'd go out to eat uh, one week at the you know bacon and eggs and uh, pancake place and then the next weekend would be at the taqueria where we'd have our uh, our food there and um, uh, so I had a great great upbringing one brother um, had everything that that I felt we ever needed. Um, uh, went off to um, to college in South Texas, just about half an hour north of um, Mexico. And um, it was there in my uh, senior year uh, where I was, I was going pre-med, it was my senior year. And I, I saw a, um, a video, uh, like just an HBO special on the, the animal, the modern day animal, um, manufacturing almost uh, modern day animal agriculture as we have it in America and that really opened my eyes to um, to a world that I had no idea about and um, uh, made me think you know in a totally different way about what I'd been putting on my plate um, those uh, 18 years or so um, 18 22 years maybe by that time and um, so I decided then to go vegetarian um, and uh, went off to med school uh, a month later uh, in Houston, um, four years there, uh, felt like I got a, a good education, met some great people and um, started to experience more of uh, the international cuisine with, uh, you know, once you get out of South Texas, you, you learn a little bit more about Indian cooking and all these other things and um, uh, started to see, wow, there are all these cultures around the world that eat very different than, than <laughs> I have up till now. And uh, in some ways, in some ways a lot healthier. Mm -hmm. um, and, and then uh, I did my training in family medicine in Northern California. I left Texas for the 
uh, with, you know, Texas was treated me well and it was great for me, but uh, going to Northern California was quite the experience with uh, the beauty and the weather uh, out here. Yeah. Uh, learned how to be a family doctor in a little town uh, an hour north of San Francisco um, and uh, certainly had my focus on global health, uh, HIV medicine, tuberculosis, malnutrition, mm -hmm. and um, my first job after residency. I was so lucky to um, go and do pediatric and family care in little kingdom in, in Southern Africa called Lesotho. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, uh, we focused on HIV care and uh, caring for people who were suffering with tuberculosis, et cetera. Mm -hmm. um, and, and maybe partly because of my focus on global health, um, I, wasn't, uh, I wasn't learning much about nutrition when it was outside of, you know, this child doesn't have access to calories and protein and, and is suffering from one sort of malnutrition. But I didn't, I didn't really get any learning through med school and, and residency about uh, the more predominant type of malnutrition um, that we see in the developed world that we certainly see in America. Um, an overnutrition with um, the wrong kinds of uh, food. Um, and um, so, so after my work in, in Africa, I, I uh, stayed on after a fellowship in uh, global health and obstetrics, uh, high-risk obstetrics at a uh, hospital and a family medicine training program in, uh, the, in a town called Martinez outside of the Bay Area in uh, California. And um, uh, there I, I really learned a lot more about uh, taking care of um, pregnant women, helping women with uh, uh, through difficult times, tough times in pregnancy, tough times at mm. delivery, um, learning how to do C-sections and take care of uh, out of control diabetes in pregnancy and out of control um, high blood pressure in pregnancy. Wow. And, um, and, and during that time there, uh, I got turned on to uh, the power of diet and how that could really help mm. out um, our patients in a way that no pill that I could prescribe and uh, no surgery that I could do um, uh, really a, a, a more powerful way to address these issues. Mm. And um, as I started following the, the findings as put forth by some of the gurus in the field like uh, um, Michael Greger and Neil Barnard and uh, Dr. McDougall and um, a number of uh, providers in the, in the field eyes were uh, <laughs> widely opened um, to the power of getting to the root of these conditions. Mm. Um, <clears throat> I, uh, through that and also a little bit before, just from the um, positive influence of my lovely wife, uh, who taught me that there are uh, many ways to eat a vegetarian diet. And, um, you know, I would make my plate and she'd come and throw uh, two handfuls of chopped greens on top of it. And I was like, oh, that's something different and um and it turns out that she was doing all the right stuff and uh so i have um through my learning and through relationships um have uh, uh learned the power of plant food and um and also growing my own food which I'd be happy to talk more about yeah so your wife was she already vegan or plant-based when you met her so she Right. So she uh, brought a much better um, uh, diet to the relationship than I was in many ways. Um, and uh, it was more the, the whole food part of it, right? Mm. So the minimally processed stuff. And um, while 
while I was living as a bachelor in residency, I'd, you know, smear some beans on a tortilla and cover it with some cheese and put it in the microwave. Um, and that was a vegetarian meal. Um, you know, she was like, all right, let's get a little bit more back to basics and um, maybe not focus so heavily on the dairy, which is something coming from uh, a French uh, woman to her cultural background is uh, ah. American and French. And so the French cheeses and the butters and stuff are uh, certainly a, a strong part of her culture. But um, she really taught me to put more of a, of a focus on, on plants. And mm. a lot of that comes from uh, her teaching me the power of growing our own food. And when you can walk outside your back door and break off some leaves of kale and chard and wow. um, collards and grab an orange from the orange tree and a peach from the peach tree, and it's like, wow, there's nothing that beats it. Wow. So that's a great segue into let's discuss growing our own food. Like, I know when we first met, you sent some pictures of your family and your right. garden. I was like, well, I ain't, that ain't happening right here in Colorado in the winter, but I love it. So can you tell us a little bit about it and how you got, you know, it sounds sure. like your wife started that interest. Sure. Uh, uh, from the very beginning, um, you know, I remember some of my earliest associations with her were with six packs of seed starts and um, <laughs> things that she was, you know, she had sown the seeds and, and uh, you know, I came around the corner of the uh, place we were uh, staying at and there were like I don't know 26 packs of uh dirt filled seed starts I'm like what's going on here and she's like oh you know you'll see and um and and I guess I have right because I've fallen and I've fallen in love with the the power of it and the 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 peace of being surrounded mm -hmm. you know there's so many levels and it's kind of uh, uh hard to know where to start but Finally, there's the, the, the food that you, that you eat, the nourishment, the vitamins, the phytochemicals, all the, the wonderful things that you can get that, um, that fuel your body. And, um, you know, some part of it's mental, but, you know, there's no kale that I can buy at the store that tastes quite as good. And, you know, if you had fed two kales blind, uh, blindfolded to someone else, they probably wouldn't tell the difference. But to me, because I grew it, like it's something more special. And so we throw away less because every little thing, you know, we remember mm. where it came from, the little seed. But, you know, being outside uh, and getting the sun, the vitamin D, um, you know, stretching over to pull the weeds, um, mm. lifting the buckets of uh, compost and, mm. um, you know, bark mulch and all this other stuff. It's a workout. It's uh, good for my soul. It's good for, you know, um, my skin, the vitamin D, all that stuff is put together. Mm. It's this uh, uh, integral part of me now. That's fantastic. Well, there's some really interesting study on gardening and you know, basically vitamin N for nature. And it, there, there's some really interesting things with your immunity, your mood. So yeah. absolutely. I love it. That's fantastic. What are your favorite things to grow? Well, for me, it's, it's our fruit trees. And um, mm. she, uh, my wife, Mimi, kind of lets me have that uh, because, you know, she does a better job with, with, with probably everything in the garden, but she lets me have uh, my fruit trees. And so, uh, you know, the, I would love just to grab the, if I had the Wi-Fi portability, uh, I'd walk around the garden right now, even though it's winter, but like, we've got a, a lemon tree that's just uh, full of Meyer lemons right now. And um, wow. I just saw today the first bloom of, uh, of a of our pluots um which oh, is a nice. plum apricot hybrid and it's like the first fully open bloom of the of the season and so 
I know what's, you know, the blooms open our bees that my wife keeps. We've got two beehives right now. Oh. You know, the bees are going to start um, uh, getting food from that and pollinating, pollinating it. And um, once the summer comes along, when you've got sun ripened, sun warmed peaches and, you know, plums that are almost hot because they've been right on the south side, getting that south, southern sun and like the fruit trees by far is where it's at for me. <laughs> All right, I was imagining you picking a plum and picking a peach at the same time. Like, oh, when where does mine come back to me? Oh my gosh, that's fantastic! Um, in Colorado, there's a uh, on the western side of Colorado um, called place called Palisade, and they call them Palisade peaches. And honestly, you know, beforehand you know, you get these peaches from the grocery store. But then when I worked in Western Colorado and lived in Western Colorado, we get these, there's, you know, a, a fairly short peach season then, at least here in Colorado. I, in my life, I am such a peach snob now because I can't have <laughs> anything other than something grown like that. And um, I will pay top dollar for a Palisade beach. I will drive four hours to look at a crate. <laughs> and um, yeah, so I totally understand when you said peach, it's just like the salivation just began. It's like, mm -hmm. wow. Um, so it's so, it's yeah. so true. You, you, you pick it at the, at the best time, right? The sugars yes. have turned. You, you get good at, you're like, okay, it's giving just a little bit, like today's the day, because if I don't get it today, it's either going to fall and bruise tomorrow or the birds are going to get yeah. it, right? And so you, you get to know just where it is. And, and we don't have a ton of land. It sounds like we do by all the trees I'm interesting. Um, we have just a regular, we have a city plot that's a little bit deeper maybe than average, but we keep all the trees small. And so uh -huh. people who have a normal urban backyard you, you get to do the pruning techniques correctly. And, you know, every five feet, you can have another tree or so. Oh, and wow. uh, to the point to where, um, you know, I, I have to come back from the tree nursery in the middle of the night so my, mom, so my wife doesn't see that I brought home another tree. But I, in the morning, you know, after uh, we make amends, I'm like, but we're going to keep it small. And it's going to be okay. You know? And pretty soon there'll be so many small ones, we'll have a small forest, but it's still small. <laughs> oh. I love, I can't wait to meet your wife. Oh, my oh gosh, that's fantastic. And so then also, you know, we talked about the gardening and then let's talk about lifestyle medicine, right? So now you're a family doc, you do, wow, uh, you know, not only delivering babies, but you're doing the actual obstetrics, the surgical component of that, which I think is phenomenal. But where does the lifestyle medicine enter? How did that begin? Sure. And so um, while there's something, you know, unbeatable about getting to be um, at a delivery and helping uh, a woman bring the, uh, the new life into the world and to be there for when something's going wrong and you can step in and help out a little bit at the right time, that's so powerful and it's such a, it's an honor, it's a pleasure. And I'm, and I'm teaching uh, young family doctors who are going to be doing this in our state and all around the, the world. And so it's a very, mean, it's very meaningful to, uh, uh, practice for me. Um, but that's just one moment in time. And mm. um, for a lot of our patients who come, uh, we're a county hospital, it's a urban underserved um, area. And so uh, a lot of people through food insecurity, food deserts, um, through, you know, the systemic 
discrimination and racism for many, many reasons that are more than I can fathom. Um, they are, you know, often eating the wrong diet um, and uh, uh, coming to that delivery when I meet them, perhaps on labor delivery, and they uh, might weigh 300 pounds or they might have diabetes that's been you know, just barely or, or not even controlled throughout the whole pregnancy. And so even though I was there for that, for that wonderful moment um, and could help out then, um, I wasn't having, I'm not having a lasting effect uh, for the rest of their life, right? Mm. Um, and uh, so that's been the power of uh, when, I, when I get to meet them earlier in their pregnancy and say, okay, mm. you're six weeks pregnant. Um, your, your, your fetus is just developing a heart and a brain. And right now it's the time to, to maximize your health. It would have been great if we had talked about this uh, a couple of months ago, actually, but you know, here we are. And um, by this exam, this shows that your average sugar level has been instead of you know, 120 or, or 140, your average sugar level has been 280 or 350. And so, you know, I, we can start the insulin today um, or we can start a radically different diet and, and, or maybe we'll do both carefully. Mm. And, some, and sometimes the patients say, you know what, that sounds too much. Just give me the insulin. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'll, um, let's start four times a day injections or whatever we do. And then other people are like, let's do this. And, and uh, so you start this alliance and uh, therapeutic alliance and make some suggestions and give some websites and, and show them Dr. Marvis's uh, videos and give them links to, you know, um, books and all the stuff. Yeah. And uh, they, you know, even if it's, okay, I'm gonna add more beans and lentils and maybe a little bit less um, fast food, or maybe it's the simple stuff like I'm taking out, if you can stop smoking during pregnancy, you can stop drinking soda um, and mm. these other things that are just gonna pay off in the long run. And then some people are just like all the way in mm. and, uh, you know, I'm going to be a vegan forever now. <laughs> Those are the really fun ones. Oh my goodness. <laughs> well, it it's funny. It, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I, yeah. I, I, just, I think, I think uh, it, it's getting better, but, but still in America, there's a, there's a lot of this um, whiteness to to veganism and to plant based and and when when I have a, a woman of color an African American woman or, or or a woman who's just got here from Guatemala or something who is who is saying oh yeah I, I'm I'm already doing this or I can mm. do this and it's just like there is no one face to this there is you know mm. this is the diet for everyone and mm -hmm. um, you've had such much more eloquent speakers like uh, Eric Adams and Kim Williams and other people mm. who have who speak on this very well and it's mm. it's so powerful to see it with my own eyes yeah no it's um it's been a real joy um speaking and learning to these people that's why I, honestly I love this podcast even if it you know if if I can have you know a thousand people listen to it great and which you know we do we usually get a thousand pretty quickly within a few days but the thing is, what is that? How's that going to change lives? Because, you know, I, I get messages. I've had patients come to telemedicine. The telemedicine is like, I listened to this podcast. You did this interview with this person. And so all these people, you know, the more we can get in front of them and share this message, like you talking 
about the, you know, those who are lacking access just to basic care, much less the incredible nutritional information you can share is phenomenal. So I really feel compelled to share that message. And it's been a lot of fun to network with these people and just share this, it's the, their experience and their wisdom. And it's just been such an honor, right? It's just like, wow. Um, if I could be so lucky to do that forever, it'd be amazing just in and of itself. So, um, but you know, also I, I think it's interesting. So you're, now you're working in a hospital setting and you're in a clinic and you're seeing these people. So there's your patients who we know you can have dramatic and profound effects on. What about your colleagues? Like who, what about your people that you're working with? What are they saying? What are they doing? <laughs> yeah, that's, um, that's fun. That's, you know, it runs the gamut. Uh, you know, I have a, a friend who uh, is, uh, is a big uh, carnivore and says, oh yeah, what kind of rabbit food did you bring today? And, um, <laughs> Um, and uh, then there's, uh, then there's coworkers who approach me kind of, you know, uh, in, in the hallway and say, Hey, you know, I've, I've noticed how you're eating. I see what you're bringing. Um, cause I bring on my food, uh, I'll do a 24 hour shift and I'll bring breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Um, and so people are see, seeing what I'm bringing from home and they're like, uh, you know, I just found out, uh, a couple of days ago, um, that my, that I have diabetes, that my sugar is out of this, out of this world. And, um, some people have been talking that you have some ways to address this. And so I'm like, well, actually I do have a few ways and <laughs> thank you for approaching me and um, let's talk about it. And, uh, you know, if you'd asked me this 10, 10 years ago, um, I would say, yeah, you know, I would echo what I, what I learned in, in medicine throughout my med medical training, which was mostly, um, tell them about diet and exercise, but you know, they're not going to do it probably. And so have your hand hovering over the prescription pad. And, um, but now I got, I have uh, coworkers who are like, ah, yeah, you know, this is amazing. I've read this book and mm -hmm. is it true? And um, let's try this. And, and the results have been really, really um, uh, humbling. That's awesome. I, th I think, wow, it's it, because I see it as when you get another doctor on board or a nurse or a physical therapist or whomever, and they're touching the lives of others through healthcare and in whatever fashion that they're practicing. Think of the thousands of lives, tens of thousands of lives over a course of a, of a, a career that you can touch. And then those lives touch other lives. And I mean, the ripple effect is just it's, it's infinite. And so it's just so much fun to see that happening. And, and, and honestly, if you can get the feedback, you know, however many years later or whatever, which I've been fortunate to have just from someone listening to a podcast or an old patient of mine shared it with someone else and then they had success. And it's, it's just like, Oh my goodness, this is fantastic. So um, that is, you, you know, nobody's going to be doing that sharing a carnivore diet. It's just not going to happen. It's just not the same. This <laughs> is not yeah, yeah oh. and, there's, and and um and you know there's so much controversy and when you're sitting around the, the nurses um uh, we have a little table in the in a back room where everyone kind of congregates and eats the food that people have brought in and there's all sorts of talks about uh different different diets and uh it's you know it's a it's a hot topic and, and you have to be careful how you step into the room and uh mm -hmm. it's it's a little bit about it's a, it's well maybe a lot like talking about politics and religion and uh, and stuff that can get heavy quickly and um, <laughs> and so uh, 
yeah, I think a great way that I've been able to have um, some influence on some people is um, I joke about it. I'm kind of a, a goofy guy, and so I'll make some jokes about it. And and um, even though sometimes when I'm learning about things like uh, uh, going through uh, Michael Greger's How to Survive a Pandemic right now and learning mm -hmm. about the, the really scary stuff that's associated with bird flu and the way we're raising our birds mm -hmm. and flocks of hundred thousands and more. And, um, and while sometimes I get angry and I just want to be militant and, and go out and say, you know, we can we can no longer live like this. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that, that usually, that's usually not a good approach. And so, mm -hmm. um, and, and, and I certainly don't know, I, I know more about this than I did, um, you know, a year or two ago. Um, mm -hmm. uh, and I'm always learning. Um, uh, and I certainly don't want to come off that I, I figured it out. But mm. um, the more I have read about it, the more strongly I feel um, about the benefits of following a healthy diet like this that can benefit ourselves, benefit our friends and family and patients and mm -hmm. um, benefit uh, the world, mm -hmm. especially when you think about the effects of climate change and mm -hmm. what has to change uh, to make that better. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's interesting. So, you know, I, and I've mentioned to you before and others that my daughter is finishing medical school. So when she was, uh, she was, she's almost 27, she'll be 27 in March. And she was 18 when we switched over our plant-based diet in early 2012. And we, I literally did this overnight. My husband is a saint. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he really is a very understanding, gracious human being. Um, but uh, my boys were 13 and 15 at the time. You know, they were stuck at home. They're like, whatever mom does, whatever. And there's everyone's plant based right now. But what was interesting was Emily went off to college, right? And so I didn't really have the opportunity to influence her on a day to day basis like I, I did the boys. And when Emily would come home, of course, she eat plant based. She didn't complain. I mean, she just would eat what we fed better. Um, what was interesting is over the course of her pre med years and then uh, medical school, she really started taking home one I'm always talking about, and Emily, this is this study, and this patient does this, you know, and all these incredible things. I'm always, my, of course, I have a secondary. My, I want her outcome to be doing this, you know. Um, but what was interesting was she, because you know, mom, and she'd been, I would say, 99% plant-based, you know, but she still had this cheese thing going on for a while. But then she read a book about the climate change, and that was the the, the really the linchpin for her. And so, you know, we have to have different messages for different audiences. And for Emily, she was fully well knowledge about the benefits and health. And she's going to be a family practice doctor. She's, you know, in mm -hmm. very, very bright human. But for her own personal gain, she's like, I do this most of the time. But she goes, then she had to align her beliefs with her actions. And when she read about that, and it wasn't me telling her about climate change, it was someone else it had to come from an external source, of course. Anyway, but that happened. And she goes, she goes, mom, I'm fully on now. I, she goes, I can't eat this way and tell myself that I care about climate change when I choose to make these different decisions. And I was like, finally. <laughs> I was like, I don't care how you get here, just get here. And, um, but yeah, so it was really interesting to see how everybody's journeys is different. The boys are just like, I feel good to eat this way. It's better. And they, you know, the climate thing is a big one for these young, you know, people in their twenties. And it'll be more important even for, the, the, the kids younger than these guys. And um, so it's really interesting. Um, yeah. I, 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 I do change the conversation now based on kind of where 
when you get a feel for the patient um, or the person you're speaking to, I should say, um, but also, you know, their age, the age actually kind of makes me think a little differently about how to present that. So I, I for agree. Sure. Mm. For sure. Um, that's uh, well said. And I think there's so many levels to change mm. that we can make that will be positive. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I have a, a colleague, a doctor friend uh, who gives me a hard time about, you know, I, I shouldn't argue about whether, you know, curly leaf kale is going to be better for you than red kale, you know, because that's mm -hmm. just getting lost in the weeds. And, mm. But there's, there's a whole spectrum of what people need or can benefit from hearing, right? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, if we got the, if the majority of Americans, um, you know, on one hand, if they ate meat one less day a week, that's already mm -hmm. huge in many ways, right? And that might mm -hmm. be, um, that might make a, a huge uh, change. Um, or we cut down on the, you know, number of times that the average American eats at a fast food place. Mm -hmm. um, but then it goes all the way down to, I have got crushing chest pain from coronary artery disease and um, I am on a razor in uh, on the razor edge between needing um, stents and needing cardiothoracic surgery, where they you know crack open my chest and all that stuff. Well, at, for that person, it's not this. Well, don't try not to eat meat once a week, right? Mm -hmm. uh, or or take, try to take meat out of your diet one day a week. At that point, it's you know okay. So you've had 50 years to do this three times a day to your body. Um, and so now it calls for sort of extreme measures. Um, and, and we're gonna focus on what can we do starting at your next meal mm -hmm. to make sure that you are absolutely maximizing your health. Um, and, uh, and that's gonna be, I think, um, where it's at for that patient. And mm -hmm. so, and, and then there's the whole group in between. And so, um, uh, so congratulations for, for how well things are going with your family and um, the, the changes on so many levels are, are improving uh, our own personal health and the health of the community and the environment. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think at this point, they're just like, it's just easier to just do it, mom ask and not argue because <laughs> I'm highly persistent. I feel sorry for them and it's sort of, sort of, but not really. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's it's been a real blessing and it's exciting um, to see and where their work is and where they'll grow and, and use their talents to share this message. Because um, like literally my boys are plant-based cell health marketing team right now. We're, they're it, you know, but they've got the marketing degree. They've got the film majors or they're, they're very talented young men. So that's exciting. Um, but, you know, besides that though, I, let's go back to, you know, you mentioned 50, someone who's 50, right? And they spent five decades, because I just turned 50 in October, and I'm, you know, there's, there were all these decades of, of people making themselves ill, they, they need to understand they're not going to get well overnight, this is not a panacea, there's going to be places for medication and continued care under the traditional medical model, um, but you can halt that progress, in some cases reverse it, which is, of course, the ongoing message that we preach, but what's interesting, though, is I think, well, let's go back even further, look at the work that you're doing with these young women who are pregnant, and now you're not only changing their pregnancy, but the, the future of this child, right? Because you're giving them a, a place where they're first entering growth and 
you know, the epigenetics of pregnancy and all these things. But then when they get, you know, mama has baby, hopefully those, you know, habits will continue. So now we're preventing a child from having the 50 years later, having to deal with diabetes and hypertension or shoot, even in their teens. now we're seeing young people develop type two diabetes. Um, what kind of, that must be fun to do. Do you, um, do you have any guidance or I'd say advice for these women who are about to get pregnant or in there, you know, where, how do you begin this guidance? Like, what do you tell them to start looking at? What supplementation? So what is your pregnancy advice? Because I know there will be people here listening very interested in that. Sure. Um, so in, in a perfect world, uh, you have the, what we call the preconception visit. And we mentioned it earlier, I think, um, and it was, also, it was always sort of mentioned in, in a chuckle in training because uh, you, we almost never would have a woman showing up and saying, I'm thinking about getting pregnant sometime in the next one to two years. Let's talk about how I can optimize my health. Mm. Um, it's usually like, whoa, I'm 15 weeks pregnant and I didn't know. What do I do now? And so, uh, and, there, and there are some limitations about what you can do or what we think that we can do at that point, you know, for the woman who presents at 15 weeks, one, she's through organogenesis. And, and so you've mm. missed a, a lot of the beneficial uh, or critical time that you could have been making beneficial changes. And then there's also the question about um, what is healthy weight gain and what are the risks of weight loss and stuff in pregnancy. Mm. Um, and it's different for someone who's starting at a normal weight or a slight or a slightly overweight as compared to someone with a body mass index of 40, 50, or 60 who are, you know, 100, 150 pounds overweight or uh, uh, more than they should be. And, but there's not a lot of science uh, to back us up on what is safe to do at that point. It's a, it's a very small amount of time. And so, yes, trying to talk to somebody before they're pregnant, even if they're not thinking about getting pregnant, just being in the right age, um, uh, it's, it's a great time to, to talk about it, right? And so um, some of the recommendations are, um, well, let's take a look at uh, medications that you might already be on, either over-the-counter or um, prescribed medications. Are these going to be medications that are safe if you get pregnant on them? So, you know, I guess some of this is just basic obstetrical stuff that anyone doing obstetrical care would, would mention. Um, but some more uh, stuff or some more sort of lifestyle um, directed um, food for thought is... Well, if you're eating fish that's high on the food chain, um, you're getting more and more mercury and um, persistent, um, you know, plastics and, and things in your system. And maybe you want to stop uh, that uh, and mm -hmm. um, maximize your health now. Because like you mentioned, how powerful it is to make recommendations that are going to change the life of the person sitting across you, across from you. But then that person is already also carrying a person inside of them. And it's, it's, not also the, it's not just the mental changes like, oh, okay, I'm thinking in a different way and I'm going to raise my child differently. But it's of course what is pulsing through the placenta and pulsing mm -hmm. through the uh, arteries and veins every minute of the day. But then, and then there's also the crazy thing that's still hard for me to wrap my head uh, around of, if it's a, a, a female fetus, if the if your mm -hmm. patient's pregnant with a, a little girl, then um, uh, that uh, fetus already has the eggs that uh, she's gonna uh, 
passed uh, once a month uh, in her um, adulthood. Mm-hmm. And so you're affecting your patient's grandchild's mm-hmm. health um, with what uh, what you're working with your patient through. Mm-hmm. And so that's incredibly powerful. It's, it's, uh, it's another dimension of the ripple effect that you were talking about. Mm-hmm. So, oh, yes. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And so, uh, so yeah, so, I mean, general stuff like get your folate and, and uh, you know, eating your folate supplified, sup, um, supplemented foods, but fortified foods, but eating lots of greens and, and legumes. And, you know, when, when people ask me, well, what about protein and what about um, um, folate and what about uh, these vitamins? Like pretty much you're, you, you hear yourself repeating, well, that comes in green leafy vegetables and lentils and whole grains. Oh, and iron comes in green leafy vegetables and whole grains and beans. And, and the calcium, well, that comes in green leafy vegetables and, and you know, and, and, and in some ways it makes this a very simple job. Um, most of what most of our patients need um, comes back to the same group of them. Right. That's funny. But, you know, the first time I really even thought about, like, you went back to saying the, the, the subsequent generations. So, yeah. you know, what my grandmother was doing when she was pregnant with my mother infected me, right? Because my mother went on to use those eggs. I was I was around with my mother as a fetus <laughs> being born, which then affected my own children. And now what I did when I was pregnant with my daughter is going to affect my grandchildren. And I'm just sitting here going, Poof. it's like my, yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's such an important message for the population that you're working with. I mean, it's just, and when we say multi-generational, we mean multi-generational and, um, oh my goodness, it's just so incredible. Now, when we have someone, um, who is pregnant and maybe they, um, what point would you say is someone let's say they're gestational diabetic, um, they, they failed the glucose tolerance test. Are there ones that you're like, nope, you got to do insulin, even if we do this plant-based diet, or are there others sure. who you're like, where is that line drawn for, where do you feel comfortable with that? Sure. Um, so I think the most critical time for trying to maximize glucose control is again, back in first trimester, it's that first mm-hmm. 12, 14 weeks or so. And so um, I would not, you know, for someone, you have to be really careful, and I think it would be flipped to say, okay, look, your your hemoglobin A1C, which is your average sugar control over the last three months, it's 10, which is way high, um, and say, okay, so this week we're going to change our breakfast to uh, oatmeal instead of frosted flakes, and then next week we're going to do, yeah, so so you you do whatever you can in organogenesis as quickly as possible um, to get things under control. Um, but if you have someone at the typical time when they're taking the, um, so all of our patients pretty much in my clinic are high risk. So they do an early, some sort of an early sugar test, whether that's mm. an A1C in first trimester or a, or a um, glucose tolerance test where they drink the sweet liquid and check your, um, your sugar after that. But um, if they pass that and everything looks okay, but then later in pregnancy, when you're taking the typical between 24, 26, 28 weeks of the sugar challenge and it's positive, then then things are at a different pace. You know, the organs are formed um, uh, by and large. You still want to pay very close attention to, to sugar control and to, and to associated weight gain because you're thinking about 
the growth of the baby and, and anyone who has gone through any kind of obstetrical training, family medicine, OB, midwifery, et cetera, when you have a baby that the head is delivered but then gets stuck at the shoulder and you have a shoulder dystocia, there's almost no worse feeling in, in medicine that I can think of. And, and I train pretty broadly um, yeah. than, than that feeling. Yeah. Um, you know, you have, you can have a very sick person in the ICU who goes into cardiac arrest and that's, that's difficult and traumatizing, but that person has typically had weeks to get to that position mm. of illness. You have a baby who's coming out that is supposed to be perfect. And mm. uh, if the baby gets stuck because it grew too much truncal obesity during, due oftentimes related to diabetes, the baby gets stuck. You've started with a very healthy baby that could have permanent brain damage and disability. And so, so doing everything that you can to address the growth of the, of the baby, the growth of the fetus. Mm. Um, uh, and then also, you know, in labor, sugar control is going to be important for uh, keeping the baby from dropping their sugar as soon as the baby's born due to uh, extra insulin that the baby was making to deal with the sugar coming from mom. And so, um, but, but the weeks in between, between 26 weeks and, and 40 weeks, 39 weeks, whenever the patient's getting induced, et cetera. Uh, you've got time to talk about, okay, watch, watch forks over knives, watch the game changers, watch, you know, uh, what the hell, watch all these great uh, uh, movies that are out um, where you can learn about, you know, here's a pamphlet, make these little changes. I'm going to check in with you next week. Um, and uh, maybe we're doing it along with the pill that will help your sugars like metformin, or maybe we're doing it along with the uh, insulin. Um, but hopefully we're coming down on the doses uh, as you're following the diet. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah, no, I have, a, I have a few patients that are gestational diabetics on plenty cell health and um, they, uh, it wasn't a significant rise, but they certainly didn't pass the glucose tolerance test, but they're still under like 200, probably under 175, 180 or so on the second hour. Mm -hmm. And um, they, within three weeks, completely reversed it. And um, they feel amazing. But what was interesting was their, their docs weren't supportive of that measure. They straight up went, wanted to go, and they were past the 12 week mark. They were in that, mm. that they weren't high risk. Um, and it was really interesting. And then even now with normal blood sugars, their doctors are like, there was, this is what one of my patients said. They said, there must've been something either wrong with the lab or it doesn't make sense why you were able to do this. Like they basically just <laughs> poo pooed what they did. And she goes, you know, they're coming to us now because they feel alone in this journey and their doctors, I was like, it's okay. You don't need medication. Your blood sugars are great. I stick a CGM on them. I can use Google's mm -hmm. monitor and I'm like, we'll just keep mm -hmm. watching it. You just keep doing what mm -hmm. you're doing. We're right here. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it blew my mind. Some of the things that are people are telling me. <laughs> what a challenging message to get as a patient that right. you have uh, taken control of your, of your own health. Mm -hmm. um, and you come, you know, like coming up to your parents to show them, look at what I drew, you know, like, look at what I did. And, and the condescending docs, like, well, what a fluke or what, a, <laughs> or, you know, what a random miracle. Um, right. Yeah, I had a, I had a patient who was from Central America, from Central America, and then was, uh, for some years living in inner city, tough neighborhood, and I saw her at about, I don't know, midway through her pregnancy. And she's like, oh yeah, I used to be um, diabetic or I used to be gestational diabetic. 
when I was at the other clinic. And I, you know, it's like, you mean with another pregnancy and now you're not in this pregnancy? She's like, no, 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 just all by myself. I fixed it. And I cut out this, this, and this, and I added this, wow. this, and this, and I had nothing to do with it. But when I saw it, my response was, that is so great that you, you did so well and I'm so proud. And um, this mm-hmm. is the stuff that we want to tell all of our patients about and our coworkers about. And it, and it wasn't like, are you sure? Let's, let's retest that. And let's make sure that this isn't some, this crazy fluke. It just, <laughs> yeah. I just, it, I, I sit here, but going, you know, it's funny though, too, because when I share my story of why I went on a plant-based diet, how it happened was a patient. And I think I've shared this so many times and I think I've even told you, but I'll just reiterate in case there's a new listener. So basically sure. very quickly, I was in rural Colorado practicing regular medicine, hospital, nursing home, you name it, ER, whatever. And, but I had a patient come in saying, Dr. Marvis, meat and dairy upset my stomach. And of course I said, well, stop eating meat and dairy, come back mm-hmm. in um, 30 days and we'll see what adding back, you know, like an elimination type thing. And it didn't dawn on me, oh, it's plants. That's a plant-based diet. It's like, no, that means there's other things she'll eat. She'll be fine. But she came mm-hmm. back with her daughter who was 16. And in that 30 days went on the diet with her mom, so if you've ever been to Rifle, Colorado, where this happened, you know there's no restaurants to go out to eat. So you're cooking at home. So she's cooking mm-hmm. these amazing homemade plant-based meals. Daughter joins her to support her mom, pulls herself off two ADD meds in 30 days, brings her daughter to the appointment to tell me. And I'm sitting there going, oh my goodness, that is so awesome. What were you eating? So I just started interrogating, like, what were you eating? They're like, what you told us? No, no, I'm like, really, 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 what were you eating? what was left beans whole grains fruits vegetables <laughs> i'm like it's like i'm a really thick skulled slow dimmer but it comes on eventually but you know it it was really intriguing to me and that entire that one patient interaction changed the entire course of my life my families my career <laughs> this and um so yeah if if every doctor would just take it upon themselves to listen to the patient because you know the the best advice I ever got in medical school was Lori. If you'll listen long enough, keep your trap shut and listen long enough, the patient will tell you what's wrong with them. And I just always try to remember that because you get excited to tell a patient and someone's like, slow down, Marva, slow down, listen. Mm-hmm. And it really has been the best thing ever. Um, but yeah, do you feel like that's a very similar uh, type thing? Yeah, I mean, talk about the, the continuing theme here of the ripple effect, right? Mm-hmm. So you recommended to your patient um, because she was having some GI issues with specifically meat and dairy. You said, okay, yeah, cut it out. And then her daughter followed it and then influenced you, who's influencing thousands, mm. who are influencing thousands. And um, uh, so that's amazing. And the second part that made me think about was, so you mentioned that her ADHD got better. And I think mm-hmm. that's part of what is both mind-blowing and also um challenging it's a bit slow to uh, to get other uh, sort of non-lifestyle medicine non-plant-based uh, uh, practitioners to, to tune into is that like you know if you tell them hey I had this patient who lost 50 pounds they're mm. gonna be like well that's pretty cool you know it's really hard to lose weight and um, so it looks like a eating a, the diet that you're talking about or the, following the lifestyle that you're that you're um, uh, encouraging it sounds like that can help with weight loss. And that's 
cool and, and amazing, but maybe not too surprising for the jaded uh, comrade in arms that you're talking to in, in your clinic, right? Your, your coworker. Mm-hmm. But when you're like, well, and then their ADHD got better and their arthritis got better and they don't need as much medicine for the hypothyroid and their multiple sclerosis got better and their, you know, all of the stuff that is granted uh, uh, in some of these, we don't have the, the scientific studies to back it, but you're mm-hmm. just hearing stories like this all the time from your patients. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and so it's both, uh, I guess it's motivating and um, exciting, but it's, been, it's also part of uh, the challenge of getting uh, people who aren't uh, practicing along these lines to say, well, that was probably chance. Well, that was probably chance. And then, you know, maybe it is a thousand just random happenstances that your patients are, are getting better. But at every, point, every so, far, so far, we're batting a thousand, my friend, right? So you may not completely reverse something, but you will certainly get better and you will certainly feel better if you do it right and approach it right. So I'm not sure I'm batting a thousand after nine years so far in tense of using lifestyle medicine. Sure. Um, I think all of us bat a thousand when we share this message and they take up any part of it. So um, <laughs> I just, right, right. Again. which, yeah, which brings me back to, you know, you're mentioning all these conditions. What would you like to see on plant-based telehealth? Tell me a little bit about like, you know, besides obviously the obvious of coming in, if someone's looking to get pregnant or is pregnant and needs some help and guidance, what else would you like to, to share with our audience about your, your interest and what you'd like to do? Sure. Thanks, Ross. And, and I'm happy to tell you, I think one last thing I'd say just about that last part was, yeah. I think it was uh, uh, Dr. Michael Greger who said like, well, you know, someone asked them, what do you think about this uh, rare one person in, in 30 million has this rare condition? You know, what does, what is eating more lentils? Is it going to make, is it going to make it go away? He's like, I don't know. There hasn't been any studies about it, but since it's the only diet that's been proven to reverse heart disease and, you know, do all these other things that we have scientific proof for, it's probably, you're probably going to benefit from it in, in one way or another, even if it doesn't help that rare condition that you might mm-hmm. have that we don't have the science to for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, <laughs> going from there into what I feel that I could, um, help people with uh, as part of plant-based telehealth is, you know, I'm, I'm trained as, as a family doctor. Um, and so that was uh, crib to cradle, um, yep. uh, crib to, you know, how, what would they say? Crib. Birth to death, basically. Yes. Crib to coffin yes. sounds a little bit dark, but. I um, know. Uh, but uh, crib but to so grave. every step. Of, cradle yeah. to grave. Cradle to grave. Cradle to grave. That's the, that's the phrase. Um, but it's a, uh, so it's every step of the way. And um uh, I think the the bulk of people seeking care for lifestyle medicine in general are people who are interested about healthy weight loss and um, blood pressure control and uh, heart disease and uh, diabetes control. Um, and then um, maybe some of the less um, known stuff but like how how well will this diet help me with my autoimmune condition and how well will it help me with um my asthma or you know i'm talking to my i'm talking to my brother right now who's um my nephew is is struggling with a couple of things uh you know uh a lot of congestion and uh and uh, maybe a little eczema and stuff like that and so um 
let's you know let's talk about that and and the beauty of it is that uh, as the the longer you do this and as you talk to providers who have been doing this for a long time they're like oh yeah definitely like such a huge chunk of my patients who have asthma are going to get better such a huge chunk of my patients who have seasonal allergies I'm one of them whose seasonal allergies has, have pretty much gone away um and and these things that maybe people don't think about when they're thinking about their diet, right? I, uh, mm-hmm. Neil Bernard was saying the other day, or on, I think it was on an interview that you did with him, is that people think about, well, I wanna change my diet so I can control my sugar and, and lose some weight, but they're not thinking about like, is it gonna, how can I change my diet to make my, my monthly cramps less and mm-hmm. make my endometriosis get better and some of these other things that um, there have been uh, case reports and more of people getting better on. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, so I'd say just about anything. Everything. If I can't answer your question, <laughs> I know some very smart people who can. Um, a lot of them <laughs> seem to work at plant-based diet. And so uh, but if, we'll figure it out. If we don't know, we know others who do know. So we have a vast network. That's the beautiful thing about plant-based telehealth is all of our docs, we're building this amazing network. We're working to become even better and better and more of an expert in lifestyle medicine and plant-based nutrition and just really sharing this with our patients. But, you know, in the future, um, you know, sharing this with other physicians who want to learn how to do this because we're going to have the data, the experience. And so that's going to be really fun as we bring on more doctors and get more patients and really start getting this going. So if you guys are listening, you need to see Dr. Jeff Pierce on Blood Based Health. You are in California right now, licensed, and soon to be Texas. Soon to be Texas. Yeah, that hopefully that license is coming through soon. Excellent. So those are some whopping big states with a lot of patients from there. So you guys definitely check it out. Um, and we're also going to be working on some other ways to get more patients in, maybe group visits and some other cool stuff that we're working on. So Please share this podcast. Tell your people that are in Texas and in California, they got to see Dr. Pierce um, because like you said, family medicine prepares us for a lot. It prepares us for, you know, I had some interesting experiences in residency with delivery. I'll have to share off this, but that shoulder to shoulder thing was one of them. I was like, I am not doing OB. That was, that fixed it for me <laughs> anyway. <clears throat> nope. Anyway, so that was a... Uh, kudos to you when I heard what you did I was like I'm in, I'm so impressed like <laughs> um but anyway yes absolutely Dr. Pierce gets you know like we're seeing hypertension diabetics high cholesterol obesity asthma skin conditions headaches migraines stomach stuff I mean there's so much that family practice prepares you for so everything and everything um I'm so excited to see your practice grow <laughs> Thank you so much. I appreciate uh, you uh, putting in the good word for me and also a great time just to chat uh, with you about things in general. Awesome. Well, everybody, I really appreciate Dr. Jeff Pierce's time. And before you go, I always love to ask, you know, what is the one bit of advice, whatever you think for someone who is maybe contemplating going on a plant-based diet or is just starting any advice you'd like to share about anything before we leave? You can all start with your next meal and your body is ready to heal if you give it a chance to. Get out of the way. Just get out of the way. (laughs) That's a great message. Starts with what's on the end of your fork. So with that, I say thank you and um, I can't wait. It's going to be fun. Thank you.
All right, guys. Thanks for listening. And um, I, this is just like I said, thanks so much for your time. And uh, we'll see you soon. Oh, by the way, that is at plantbasedtelehealth.com. Got it. All right, here we go. Thanks for listening. And I hope you enjoyed that interview. And if you could, please hit the subscribe button and leave us a rating on whatever platform that you're listening to this podcast. We really appreciate the feedback. In addition to this, I did want to let you know that we actually do video recordings of all of our interviews. And if you'd rather watch them, you can check out our YouTube channel at Healthy Human Revolution. There we also have other resources for you. One in particular I'm really excited about is called The Doctor's Inn. That's where I actually answer questions from the audience and do tons of topics like cholesterol, hypertension, diabetes, and just things to help you stay well. So check it out and also don't forget the HealthyHumanRevolution.com website where you have all the resources you need to actually start and sustain a healthy, whole food, plant-based diet.